Justin, are you a believer in the beaver? I am. And this podcast is dedicated to the Oregon State Beavers. Big shout out to OSU, representing the Pac-12 at the highest level, punching their ticket to the Elite Eight for the first time since 1982, but that season was vacated. So if you want to pull off the well, actual league card, the last time the Beavers were in the Elite Eight, 1966, when Wayne Tinkle was two months old. Wow, so, that's awesome. Shout you know out to else, the Beavers. You know what else happened in 1968? Uh, you fixed your mic. Let's go ahead and get started. <laughs> Yo, your fans just might turn into our fans. Be cool, it's just a part of this program. Spit your best 16 if you must. You not whack, you just sound whack rapping after us. For real. Death taxes and... <laughs> Justin forgetting to turn on his microphone. Uh, it's like clockwork, baby. It's like clockwork. Uh, and before we bring on our our special guest uh, from the Dunks and Discourse podcast, uh, we will. Uh, I just want to say, if Oregon State can make it to the Final Four, I don't know if I'll be uh, very, very like super excited, but I'd be pretty happy. Oh, for sure, and 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 it's my favorite story of the tournament so far, because this was a team voted to finish last in the Pac-12. Wayne Tinkle, you felt like he already hit his ceiling when he brought his son Trace in, and then he had the other Thompson twin uh, on the team. They also had Kyler Kelly, and you know things were kind of good there for Oregon State for a minute, but you just felt like they were always going to be that, at best, middle of the pack. They yeah. might be able to squeeze into the NCAA tournament, but once all those guys left, I thought, okay, Oregon State has officially hit their ceiling. They're voted to finish last in the Pac-12. Wayne Tinkle is on the hot seat. And you think about all these like things about Oregon State and where they were at the start of the season and where Wayne Tinkle was. And now, I mean, I think Oregon State should throw Wayne Tinkle a fat extension. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you throw all the cows you got in Corvallis at them. Like, that's yeah. what you do. Because uh, that's all they have in Corvallis, by the way, is just cows. Just a bunch of farmland. It, you don't ever want to be stuck in Corvallis, Oregon, period. Pro you I are. promise you. I promise you. I was stuck there. I was stuck there for, um, I would say, about four hours, and that was four hours too long. Yeah. Never again. Never again. Anyway, let's go ahead and get to our guy, Jabari Davis, from the Dunks and Discourse podcast to talk all things NBA. Jabari, what's cracking, man? Hey, not much. I appreciate you guys having me today. Yeah, of course. Well, we, we got to start this off because I, I just feel like it's apropos that you should come on at a time when uh, – hold on, let me find this. Let me find this. Uh, some big news just happened, and uh, I'll, just, I'll just leave it like this. Here we go. Oh, Michael Irvin. <laughs> what more? We need more. What more? We need more. Oh, it's the Brooklyn Nets signing LaMarcus Aldridge. Hot off the wire. And uh, I don't know what to think. Brooklyn seems like they're getting everybody right now. They even have the DPE for Spencer Dinwoody, which still frees up significant cap space should they need to sign another uh, buyout contract. Uh, they have flexibility on the roster. They have set themselves up for an NBA championship this year, and I don't know anybody else that's done it better. 
Yeah, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. The big <laughs> no, no, no. Like, I'm not going to poo-poo it. I won't hate in any way. I look at these. I look at these the players that they're picking up, and it's like on one hand, it's like you know, when I see people immediately poo-pooing it, I say, well, hold on. The biggest complaint that we had was that they didn't have enough depth. So at the very least, even if these guys don't, re, you know, aren't able to return to you know levels that we've seen them play in the past, which is unlikely. They've got, you know, they've got guys that know how to play the game. They've got guys that have been through playoff battles. They've got guys that, you know, have been around. Um, you know, I, you know, I don't necessarily expect Blake, you know, like to have 17 a night, but if he, if he can just give you any sort of punch, that's a good thing. I don't expect the, you know, LaMarcus to look like the LaMarcus that was running things with Dame back in the day, but if he can just give you anything that, you know, that is a plus. The and most important thing of this, Jabari, is the fact that the Brooklyn Nets have stopped. 29 other teams in the league from getting Blake Griffin and LaMarcus Aldridge. I think that's the bigger takeaway. And they're going to continue to add pieces to take away from other teams that, that might be missing that one little piece, a la like the Phoenix Suns, who didn't make a move at the trade deadline. They're missing a big that could help down low. Who's that going to be? Man, the Brooklyn Nets at this rate are going to sign Gorgie Dang, and there ain't going to be anybody left. Yeah, sometimes you know, sometimes the best move is the one you don't make, and sometimes it's you know the best move is the one that you block other people out with. So at at the in the very least, at, or at the very least, I, I agree with you in that regard. But let me let me just ask this, and I know you know this is your show. Now I'm not here to ask you questions. No, you go will. ahead. We were all. But this is the other go. side. This is the other side of it. What if they're doing this specifically because they have the same concerns that I've expressed and that other people? It's not like I'm. This is groundbreaking, but the same concerns about KD's return. Whether you know you know not. Not just like when it's going to be, but his overall and you know, uh, well-being moving forward. Because I'll be honest with you, all of this is nice. And yes, Harden, you know, Harden and 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 um, and Kyrie have been great. You know, like in his absence, and Harden in particular. But if KD's not there and isn't right in the postseason, I mean, you can stack all of this stuff up if you want. You know, KD is the you know, is the piece that you know that matters for me. Justin, do you agree? Wait, wait. Let me ask you this. Do the Brooklyn Nets without KD have enough to win a championship? Not enough to win. I don't. What? I don't. Oh Wait, my God. no. You said without KD, though. You said without KD. I know. You got two dudes that nobody can guard on the face of the earth, period. James Harden is unguardable. Kyrie Irving, unguardable. KD would be another unguardable piece. And now you're adding, you know, you still have Harris. Oh my gosh. Like this team is stacked. Like without KD, they can still win the championship. They're coming out of the East. They, they, oh, they, for sure. They're just undebatable. And then who are they going to face? Maybe the Lakers. I'm going to say, let's just say for 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 shits and giggles, it's the Lakers. Okay, LeBron and AD, Kyrie and Harden, and who, who's the third? It's going to be Harris in this in this scenario. And Harris is better than anybody the Lakers have as a third, even Kyle Kuzma. Yeah, you two you, Laker fans you, are just rolling you better, your eyes. You better, you better hope those <laughs> shots are falling because you're not going to the rim. Oh. So, Ky Kyrie and James Harden are not going to the rim. With the Lakers' size and, and all the guys that they have in their front court, the, the, in order for the Nets to beat the Lakers in a seven-game series, the shots have to fall. And, and I will say this, though. You could say about how unguardable both Kyrie and James Harden are, but – I've seen Kyrie Irving step up in the postseason. I've seen him help LeBron win a championship and beat arguably the greatest team of all time. But what has James Harden done in the playoffs to make you go, you know what, I I'm banking on that guy winning a championship for Brooklyn. I haven't seen it yet. 
So I'm not going to hang my hat on James Harden winning me a championship for my franchise. I'm just that's the same it. thing people said about LeBron, and then he finally got over the hump. Yeah, LeBron's a different breed than James Harden, though. Oh, James Harden is the most dynamic scorer. Like when people say James Harden's the best scorer in, N in NBA history, people like to roll their eyes and they're like, "That's ridiculous." I mean, holy crap! Like, how can you even defend it? Like, he legit can score from every level, and he gets fouled. He knows how to work the game. He knows how to work an offense like no other player in the history of the NBA. Period. So, yeah, I'm not going to take anything away from Harden. He's absolutely incredible. But the one thing I will say is this. The concerns that I have are legitimate. Like, if he has to carry the load in the same way that he's been carrying it for Houston all of these years, to Justin's point, history has told us that, you know, he tends to, you know, and this is not a not necessarily a knock against him, but, you know, with that much usage and with, you know, with that much of a burden and with, you know, carrying that much, Oftentimes when he gets to the postseason, you know, he's just not he's not quite what he was in the regular season. And again, still good, still solid, but just not quite what he was. I'll, I'm not going to poo poo the, you know, the Nets. They're absolutely incredible. And if KD is there, I expect him to come out as well. But if KD's not there, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't expect him to come out of the East. I'm going to say this. LeBron had the same thing going on. Carrying mm -hmm. the team through the regular season, most of the playoffs, getting to the Western Conference Final or Eastern Conference Finals and the finals at the time. Tired, but still still there, still there. You know, he's just not as LeBron as we expect. And when was the one time they won the championship? Who carried them down the stretch? Say it. Wait, are you saying but, but I Say will, it. But, Say it. Okay. Who is it? Who was the one okay. that carried them down the stretch and won Cleveland their championship title in the fourth quarter by hitting huge buckets? Who was it? It was Kyrie. So, so, but but here's the thing. And, the and I yeah, I was going to say, like, other other plays mattered in those. Like, the shots are good, but the defensive plays were also. Oh, you're one of those. Oh, you're one of those. Oh, okay. Man. That's one of the greatest plays I've ever seen. Like, it really is. And I and I know, you know, folks, they get tired of, like, that type of hyperbole, but it really is. So was Kyrie's shot, the final shot. That was one of the great one of the great shots I've ever seen, especially given, you know, given the moment and, you know, given the stage. Look, as much as as much as I acknowledge that you know, oftentimes I will come across as a Hollywood homer. It's the same. You know, it's it's the same concerns for the Lakers. If Anthony Davis is at one hundred percent, it's not going to matter. If LeBron James is not one hundred percent, it's not going to matter. They're not coming out. So, I, I, you know, I I guess that could be you know, that could be seen as straddling the fence. But really, that's what it, you know. That's what matters. If those guys are fully healthy, I expect them to be right there competing. If they're not, you know, it's all for that. For sure. But one last thing on the whole James Harden versus LeBron deal and, you know, carrying teams and going to another team in order to win a championship. I say LeBron's a little bit different in that sense because I look at the 2007 Cavs team. Is James Harden taking that Cavs team to the NBA Finals? Saul, do I don't you, know. I, I, man, I can't remember the other teams in the East that year. 2007? Detroit Pistons were a really good team. Yeah, and LeBron yeah. had 25 on them. Uh, Harden could easily drop 25 on a, on a team in the in the in the third quarter alone. That's what he did. That 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 07 roster. I'm sorry, James Harden's not taking that to the finals. Like I like that that 07. Yeah. And this is look. I I actually acknowledge this. I was a LeBron hater back in the day. Straight up. 
Like, you know, a lot of oh, people don't. That time? A lot, oh, a lot yeah. of people won't. You know, you'll know, be like, oh, no, I've always loved somebody. No, no. Shocker. Like, uh, a shocker. A Lakers fan used to hate a player and then they came to their team and now they think they're the greatest player but this of all was, time. But this was but, prime. Okay. Coaching. So if, if, if LeBron were on the were on the Suns, you wouldn't you wouldn't have a little a, li- a little bit more love for him. The only thing I've ever said about LeBron is he's not better than Jordan. <laughs> okay. And, that's and, fine. Would, and if he was here on the Phoenix Suns, I would still say he's not better than Jordan. I, you know, we, we've done countdowns. I still have Jordan as my number one. My co-host, he gets upset every single time. And and the thing of it is, I, I'm not one of those that just says like, oh, just because of six. No, no. I watched Jordan's career. I've watched LeBron's career. I think he's incredible. Saying somebody's the second greatest player to ever play the game ahead of a guy in, in Kareem Abdul-Jabbar who has an argument for it, you know, for all of this. Yeah. That that's not disrespectful to me. Sure. No, absolutely, absolutely. Hey, let, let, let's let's swing uh, to the uh, to the southeast. And talk about your boy Lemon Pepper Lou getting traded back to the freaking Hawks. <laughs> poor guy. You know, I, no, I, I always I, I want to know what the mindset is of a player who gets their team to a certain level and then gets traded away, and now he's going to be thriving in mediocrity with the Hawks. They might they're going to make the playoffs, but they might be in the play-in. They're going to be at the bottom of the East. Uh, what do you, what are your t- what's your take on eleven Pepper Lou? And can he even make a difference in, in in for the Hawks? Can they make some noise in the East? They have been on a run of late. If they're or I don't know if you're going to me or Justin. My fault. Uh, uh, always you, Jabari. I don't okay. talk to Justin. Gotcha, gotcha. I think it's a good pickup in the sense that he's at least another guy that can you know give consistent scoring off the bench. He hasn't been highly efficient over the, honestly over the last couple of years. So to be honest with you, that's probably why he was expendable. Um, you know, you know for this. Uh, from the Haas perspective, it, it doesn't hurt. It certainly doesn't hurt. Um, it, from the Clippers perspective, I understand it because let, let's be real. Even though I'm not as huge of a you know of, of a Rondo guy as as seemingly suddenly everybody is, um, it, it's better than what they had. And that you know that point guard rotation, you know, simply you know going to the postseason as you know as it stood, that wasn't going to work. But, uh, but but you saw Rondo do some significant things in the bubble for the Lakers on their championship run last year. I absolutely did. You don't think and he can repeat that with the Clippers? So in spurts, I absolutely believe you know I believe he can because I because I that's also what I witnessed. He had he had a good month of basketball. I'm I'm grateful. Um, but I, I maybe you know, maybe I'm hating a little bit. I'll, I'll see that too. So here's one for you. I'll also tell you that if that's the case. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a matter. Of, I'll tell you right now. If Lonzo had gone to the Clippers, I would have been straight up hating. And I'm and I'm a Lonzo guy, and I defend him to no you know, you know to no end. But here's the deal. He's at least better than what they had. So I, I, I take nothing away from what the Clippers did. Um, what you know, what Lou provides, you know, simply being, you know, you know, being kind of a microwave guy. They don't necessarily need that. You know, they, they needed more of a, you know, they needed more of what Rondo can bring in the postseason. So I actually like the deal for both teams. And he's a, a good voice in the locker room and a leader. He's won yeah. championships w- with the Boston Celtics and the Lakers, and he's had a significant role with both of those franchises in both their championship runs where you look at a team like the Clippers, there just seems to be no leadership. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why Ron, that's why Rondo's there. I, I think, and I think that's why it's a perfect fit for them. You know, Kawhi Leonard, he is that leader where he's going to go out and do everything by example. He's going to be one of your top players on the court, but this man isn't, he's not winning the locker room. He's not, a, he's not a voice. He's a very, 
reserved, quiet person. Paul George, and we've seen him fail a lot of times in playoffs. That's why we always call him playoff P. But I think now with adding a guy like Rondo, adding that voice in, um, I, I'm, I think this is a good move for the Clippers. I really do. And also, too, it's a great move for the beautiful employees at Magic City because every single night, Lemon Pepper Lou's going to come in, get his order of, of, of the wings, and enjoy himself. You know, I, I, I'm not gonna lie. There's a little part of me that's like, man, maybe next time I'm in Atlanta, I'm, I'm gonna stop by and have some of these wings that everybody keeps talking about because I heard they're really good. Now I don't I, know if it's because of the aesthetic that comes along with it, but I think I, I'm gonna trust uh, the public and say that those 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 wings are are, are smacking. I've been told by I haven't been either, and I, but I've been told by people that would know if they're legit. So okay. I, I I highly right. recommend it. I mean, wings and, and things, you know what I mean? So, wings hey, there you go. <laughs> hey, you know what? You know what? You, you, you need to hold on to that idea. That might be a thing. <laughs> <laughs> wings and things. There we wings go. Wings and things. Uh, open it up in Scottsdale. Nope. <laughs> hey, well, you know, let's let's move over to the, to the other side. And uh, are you shocked that Kyle Lowry didn't get traded? I am. And here's the deal. Uh I always try to caution folks, and you know, I talked about it on, on our show. I've, I've guessed it on another one. I always try to caution folks. When you start hearing these rumors, sometimes you got to take it with a grain of salt because you just never know, who, you know who's behind them. Sometimes it's agents. Sometimes it's organizations. Sometimes it's a player directly. You know, you, you just never know. But ultimately, I don't understand. And if it, if it really was just a matter of, like, sentimentality, then honestly, you know, Toronto's the biggest loser here. Um, you know, if they if they genuinely believe that they can, you know, make a run and, you know, like have one more, you know, shebang with him, I guess. But to be honest with you, losing him at the end of this season for nothing, that that that's just that's a that's a failure. And this is coming. And this is I'm a Messiah guy. I, I think Messiah is absolutely one of the top GMs in the league. But it seems as though he overplayed his hand in this case. Maybe, maybe I have it on pretty good authority that uh, that Kyle Lowry was expecting to go to Miami. Like I, I know that for a fact. Uh, I know that he, him, and his wife were talking about it already, but then it didn't happen. Um, I was actually just praying that he didn't go to L.A. because I was like, L.A. doesn't need a damn handout anymore. Like they already got theirs. Like, uh, L.A. make me sick. <laughs> well, and and he would have been great for the matchup that you were just talking about with Kyrie and James Harden because what mm -hmm. is Kyle Lowry known for? That's a hustle guy right there. He plays tough, gritty defense, and I think adding him would have been huge for for LA. But nope, gotta stay on the other side of the border. I know, I know, we've been kind of bagging on on Harden a little bit, or actually, you guys have been bagging on Harden. Um, I do do we think do we what do we think he's the All MVP? Do we think he's the MVP so far? He's he's been, honestly he's probably he probably deserves the award. The people that vote for it are not going to give it to him though. Why? Because of how he did Houston. Because of how it went in Houston, because of how that went down. And look, you can roll your eyes at me. I'm, I don't have a I'm, vote. I'm not, I'm not rolling <laughs> but, my eyes at you. I'm just, no. again, that's but, the problem with the vote when it comes mm -hmm. to people that do not play or coach in the NBA. Yes. Now, I understand the All-Star team is, is a controversial topic as well, You know, especially if you talk about Phoenix and Devin Booker not getting his. But when we're talking about legit MVPs, do you think the players care about how James Harden left Houston? Do you think any of the coaches care about how James Harden left Houston? What the coaches and players care about is 
do I have to game plan for this guy and how much do I have to game plan for him? And right now with KD out and Kyrie kind of hit or miss, you have to game plan essentially your entire game plan around James Harden. And I think he's the one guy in the league that you really have to focus on each and every time on the offensive side of the ball because you never know what's going to happen. And he touches the ball every single time down the court. That's To me, that's the biggest difference between him and like Giannis and, and, and Embiid is that he's the ball handler for this, for this franchise um, you know, when Kyrie and KD aren't in, 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 in the fold. And I just he, – he's just been lights out. He's been the best basketball player on the planet the last two months, and it's pretty remarkable to see. It, that's and all of that is one hundred percent true. So, but so here's the thing. I, but I, I let, let me let me let, let me put the hat on. There are some players that do care about that. I can tell you some in that Houston in that Houston Rockets organization definitely care about that, and it definitely means something to them. And there are coaches that you know that you know that that means something too. But by and large, to your, your point, your your point is sage because the truth is, most people it's like, hey, you know, they saw it, they looked, you know, they reacted to it. End of the day, it's like, oh, he's out here hooping now, so let's go. I, if he if he maintains this, I think he I personally think he would deserve the MVP, especially if, if you know if the Nets stay you know at the level that you know that they're at. I don't think I, that's just my prediction that he won't get it because the people that do make these decisions they hold on to these things a little bit more. They almost it's, there's almost like a righteous indignance when it comes yeah, to things like right? this. Always um, in their feels yeah. about this. It's crazy. But, but, but then again, I could be wrong, and we'll see. Why hasn't uh, Nikola Jokic? gotten more love as an MVP candidate. I hear James Harden, I hear Embiid, but Nikola Jokic and the numbers that he's been putting up this year, I would because almost say he, he would be a front runner if the Nuggets were a top two or three seed in the West right now. But they're not. That's the and that's the reason. So West what's unfortunate stacked. about that? And that's the thing. And, what's and, unfortunate and, and about and that? And James Harden was winning the MVP when they were also a super mid Western conference team. So I don't I don't understand. I, I I'll actually I'll push back on that. I think Jokic is probably in the driver's seat, and this is why because the people that don't because the people that don't want to vote for James Harden will vote for him. Because I think for one, you know, the, you know, the move that I'm sure we're gonna you're, you're going to you know, uh, discuss at some point, bringing in Aaron Gordon, I think that's going to you know propel them into that top three, you know, like you know, like in the West. And if they stay healthy and he continues to put up the you know the numbers that he you know that he's been putting up and and perform the way that he has, I think he I actually think that that's who's going to get the vote. Who do you think ends up being the top four teams in the West when it hit when we hit the playoffs? Oh, give it to me. Give it to me. Uh, Sun, Jazz, Suns, Lakers, Nuggets. Not necessarily in that order, but I'm saying I think those are going to be the four top four teams. Because right think- now, right now that is the the order. I do believe. I actually I think the Clippers are in the fourth spot right now as we speak. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean that's. Oof. But but if yeah, look, but let's be real. If the Lakers don't get healthy over these next couple of weeks, they're not going to be there. To be, but at the end of the day, if they're healthy going in as a six or a seven seed, I'd still pick them. As we speak, the Jazz are one, Suns two, Clippers three, Lakers four, Nuggets mm-hmm. five, and the Nuggets are only a game and a half behind the Lakers for that fourth spot. I will say this: I think this year in the Western Conference playoffs. It matters more than any other year where you're seated and where you're placed. I believe if the Suns get the one seed, I don't see them coming. I don't see them making the Western Conference Finals because they would have to go through the Lakers or the Nuggets if if everything stood pat, right? Mm-hmm. If they get the two seed, I like their chances against the Clippers or whoever is the sixth seed in the West. I do. 
And I think that's the best path for them. But the Jazz, Lakers, Nuggets, that's a that's a brutal second round right there. I'll keep it, I'll keep, I'll keep it a buck with you. I think this I would pick the Suns in a series against pretty much anybody in the West outside of a healthy Lakers team. And I like if if Denver's rolling, rolling. I, I I'm not saying I'm not saying that I you know I would pick Denver for sure. That would make me, you know, I, I would have to question it. I think the Suns are a better team than the Jazz. I think the Suns are a better team than the Clippers. I think the Suns are, you know, know, even though I like what Portland did, uh, unless they go on on, on a magical, magical run, I I still absolutely pick the Suns over there. So, look, this this is rare for me to be able to say. (laughs) Like, I haven't been able to say this about saying positive things about y'all Suns, you know, like in quite some time. So I'm, I'm, I'm legitimately happy. No, I, I totally agree. It's all about matchups, right? You know, you, you were talking about the Lakers. I, I I agree with the Lakers if they're healthy, for sure. Denver, I feel like, would have a lot of front court power to match up with the Suns, and it might be too much now that they have Aaron Gordon. I'm not sure, but that's how I kind of lean. Uh, it would be a fun series to see Jamal Murray versus Devin Booker uh, going crazy. And the way DeAndre Aiden has had – he's actually been very successful against the Joker uh, in his career – so it would be fun to watch. I think it would go six or seven games, but that's a, ooh, that's a tough one. Uh, and and again, home court advantage. You know, as as you have all seen in the pandemic, you know things are starting to lighten up a little bit more and more and more. And here in Arizona, the governor has completely lifted the mask mandate, just like in Texas. And I wonder if that's going to bring in more and more fans here soon. And now we're talking about the home court advantage coming back. And I will say this. For a lot of players who haven't been in an arena in two years with 5,000, 10,000 people there, that could make a difference. You know, you, you start to be like, oh, man, I forgot what this felt like. You know what I mean? You, you know, and this is the funny thing. Like, I poo-pooed it when people, you know, beca- and honestly, it's because people were going too far. Like, you know, you know, saying like, oh, nothing matters in the bubble. But it does matter. It does matter when fans are in the building. Oh, yeah. P- players have come out and, and acknowledged it. You know, like, you know, it, and it's interesting. Um, it, it, it'll really be interesting depending upon the state you play in, you know, what that advantage might look like. Um, you know, in, in Los Angeles, I don't necessarily anticipate that, you know, like happening anytime soon. So, you know, you know and that's also why, you know, like, you know, like if you're a Lakers fan or, you know, a Lakers, you know, the, or someone that's just following them, you probably don't care about, you know, the seating, just get, just get healthy and get in there. But teams like the Suns, teams like the Jazz, teams, the, you know, the, the Mavericks over there doing their little Spice Adams. <laughs> so, <laughs> we're gonna have a sold out crowd <laughs> you know it's funny that you bring them up because i you know like i i'm kind of on the fence you know on them i came into the year thinking like yeah they can you know that they can you know wreck some, you know they can wreck some stuff uh luca wasn't in shape you know you know kp wasn't there you know they, they looked you know the they, they looked like they definitely missed the shooting uh and, and it was it was bleak at first but now all of a sudden they seem to be rolling are you guys believers in them no no, not at all. I'm not. I'm not. Yes, I, man. I, 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 man. I, I'm gonna tell you like this. I'm gonna tell you like this, and I'm gonna be the first one. And it's not because DeAndre Aiden was drafted ahead of Luca and everybody in their beef and stuff like that. I feel like Luca is a stat stuffer and nothing more. Oh, yes. Just, I mean, that's it. Last year's playoff run wasn't impressive at all. No, or? no. Okay. Like, I, I just, I wasn't feeling it. Like, he's, he's, a, he's a great player. Great player. Will be an all star probably every 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 year of his career, but I just don't see 
how he's going to elevate an entire team the way a LeBron has or anything like that. He's got Kristaps Porzingis. He's got he's had some some weapons in his disposal, and they've they've been okay. They've been okay. They've been a little bit better than average. The Suns are eight and one against Luca. Like I don't know if you guys know that, but <laughs> that's that's years of mediocrity and trash beating Luca every single year. Like so, I'm not a big Luca fan. I think he's a stat stuffer and nothing more. You know, there's a lot of people that compare that that would say that about Harden and doubt this isn't me talking best. I'm just saying the comparison has been made and that same exact criticism criticism has been there. This is very true. This is very true. But I've seen Harden do it for 10 plus years now. I've seen this dude do it for two because he's only been in the league two years. Wait, OK, I'm just saying, like <laughs> at the beginning, at the beginning of the year, he's he was like, meh. Like, there's right. nothing about Luca that excites me. There's nothing about Luca that I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, my man will make a behind the back pass and it'll go viral on the internet. I'm like, dude, Steph Curry's done that 10 times. What are you talking about? Like, get out of here with this mess. Kyrie Irving does that in his sleep. But we overhype this dude like he's the best thing since sliced bread. And I don't, I don't agree. I don't I agree. Saw- I saw that last week when people were saying this might be the greatest pass ever. And I was like, guys, come on. Like for real, you make, like you make it too easy. I, like, yeah, and I'm know, a Luca guy, but you make it too easy to like pull up Pete Maravich, right. pull up magic Johnson, shut the hell up and get off my freaking Twitter. Yeah, pull up anybody that plays in the league right now. Can, I'm, you anyway, know what I mean? Yeah. Like Jason Williams, remember the behind the back off the elbow back over to mm-hmm. the left. Like that's, that's probably one of the greatest passes I've ever seen. Cause I never thought anybody would ever try that. You know what I mean? Man, but Luca in a game. straight up behind the back. Chris Paul did that five times in one game last week. Shut the hell up. What I would do to have Twitter around during the, the early 2000s. When People would be oh, losing man. their minds. That era, that era of the NBA, if Twitter was around then? First of all, Iverson would be respected more. Like I, I, I oh, look. Yes. Well, I don't. Absolutely. I don't want to. I don't want to be the old man yelling at the, you know, screaming at the clouds right now. <laughs> yeah. But the disrespect, the the level of disrespect for players of you know, of that era, uh, simply because the numbers do not look as you know as efficient and are as great. It's 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 mind blowing. Absolutely mind blowing. All you yeah. have to do is just go look at the two thousand one NBA Finals and just look mm-hmm. at Game One. Allen oh, yeah. Iverson and, and what he did in that game. It's its absurd. Yeah. Yeah. But don't go to the 2003 NBA Finals because the Lakers should have never been there. Should have been the Kings. But whatever. Well, well don't we'll worry. just move on past they that. they weren't there because the San Antonio Spurs were in the finals. Oh, my bad. 2002 year. or 2002? Oh, yeah. It was 02. It was 02. Which no. one was the one that had uh, the ref screwing 02. over the Kings? 02. Oh, okay. And then the same ref. Screwing over the Suns later on. You yeah, mean in yeah, Game okay. Four when uh, you know uh, Kobe very very clearly got fouled on the drive? Shaq got fouled on the putback, and then Vlade wow. said, "Oh, hold on, no, it did." And then you know, Vlade said, "Hold on, I got y'all, I got y'all." He go Robert Ory. That one, yeah, that that was a good story. Nah, I don't remember that. Vlade, you need to go to a place where they know your name. <laughs> <laughs> Jabbar, we appreciate you coming on and uh, chopping it up with us for a little while. Uh, you can find my man Jabari Davis, uh, Jabari da- at Jabari Davis NBA on Twitter, uh, and you make sure to follow the Dunks in Discourse podcast. They got a great thing going on over there. Man, you and your boy awesome. Josh, they do a great job. I, I, lo- I love listening to it, and uh, keep going on, man. You guys are spectacular. Thank you for having me. I appreciate this. All right, Jabari Thanks, Davis joining us man, here man. on the Total BS podcast. That was fun. 
That was we didn't fun. get a chance to talk about the the 29th anniversary of. Oh, White whoa, whoa, well, he's still here, Jabari. I guess I, I I pulled you off for no reason, and my man was upset because he wanted to talk about Woody Harrelson <laughs> and the King and Duck. My bad. 29th anniversary of White Man Can't Jump. Justin, go ahead, go ahead. I mean, a classic <laughs> basketball movie, right? White Man Can't Jump. Woody Harrelson. Listen. Watching him finally be able to jump <laughs> at the end of the movie, man, I think it's on the Mount Rushmore of basketball movies. Um, I was thinking about, you know, some others uh, that I enjoy above the rim is, mm -hmm. is one that I, I can really let's, get into. Let's, let's be real here. Okay. Let's just, you know, right here. Okay. Okay. Above the rim is a trash-ass movie. No, it is but, not. But, 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 but. Birdie. It's got so many great one-liners in it, it makes it a great movie. So it's 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 not a good movie. Like, if you watch that movie without the stars in it, you would probably be like, this movie is trash. <laughs> but because it has so many great one-liners, like, oh, man, I, I could quote that movie all day long. I love it. Above the Rim is a classic. It's not a great movie, but I still I, I can watch it at any time. The yeah. soundtrack and soundtracks one of the greatest soundtracks in, in movie history as well. Yes, all of those things all of those things matter. And you know, like so, for instance, all right, I'll uh, I'll I'll leave and make all of your fans upset with me uh, so they can you know, yell at me on Twitter. I would watch Above the Rim a thousand times before I watch Hoosiers once. Hoosiers is Ooh. mid. Mid. Oh, the picket fence and all that. First of all, first of all, first of all, okay, listen, the soundtrack, as far as like if I'm going to the gym and I want to bump something, yeah, Above the Rim is clearly a better movie than, than Hoosiers. But Hoosiers soundtrack is one of the most iconic soundtracks in all of cinema history. It's not even a great basketball movie. It's a great movie. Like it's just, it's on another level. And let's be real, like just the entire story and the, the the arch the, the arc of the movie like it takes you through peaks and valleys it's a great great movie Hoosiers is in my top top three of, of basketball movies uh, my number one is he got game um, yeah. again for the soundtrack the music uh, you got Denzel who's just a great actor you can't go wrong and I love the fact that they use basketball players that's the one that did use basketball players outside of the other two movies that we just talked to. I know Marcus Johnson was in this and whatever, but in Blue his, the white man can yeah. jump. Yeah. Blue chips was okay. But yeah, but this one, this one, he got game. It was like Ray Allen was the star of the show uh, outside of Denzel Washington. And he did some things in that. I mean, I still want to see the assistant coaches. I remember my recruiting trips. They didn't have those assistant coaches. And I'm still <laughs> waiting for my day. And I would, uh, Buffy and Susie were the assistant <laughs> And well, believe shout it out or to not, my guy Rick. There and that go. was actually the first time I've ever seen nudity in a movie. Oh my was, gosh. Was he got game? I'm a little kid watching it, and <laughs> he was like, Yeah, man, the assistant coach is in here, man. Let's go talk to him. And he's like, All right, Jesus, this is Buffy and Susie. I'll be right out here if you need me. And I and as a little kid, I'm just like, Oh my <laughs> gosh. And then the next three minutes plays, and I'm just like, First of oh all, it was God. it was not three minutes. It was not three minutes. It was <laughs> it more like, like fifty. It was like ten seconds. It felt of, like three minutes. A B roll. <laughs> you just and, see, yeah. you see you see Ray do this a couple times. You see. <laughs> <laughs> it was off the charts. It was off the charts. But that to me, it, and also the just the the cinematography. It's a Spike Lee movie. You know, you know how he does 
Uh, it's just that's one of my favorite movies. But White Man Can Jump, coming back to White Man Can Jump, the thing that made that so great is you actually got to feel what it's like to play pickup ball if you've never seen it before. Like the way they go through that entire scene at the very beginning, talking trash and all this other stuff. That man, it takes me back. It takes me back to to playing on the park, playing at the wreck. I remember going down to Kiwanis. Okay, oh, Kiwanis, man. Kiwanis. Yeah, Kiwanis on Thursdays used to have pickup ball, but they had the the clock, and so it was either first one to twelve or first one whoever's leading after ten minutes, and it would always be the old dudes that come in on Thursdays and play, and we would try to beat them all the time. So when I finally beat them, it was like I beat the king and duck. I was like, I got your ass. Let's go. It, uh, also. That, and, that then, movie? and then they said, you know what? I'll be right back. I'm going to go in my car. Get, get my other gun. <laughs> yeah, I'm shooting yeah. everybody. everybody. Marcus Johnson was fantastic in that. No, like, honestly, that movie touches on so many different levels. Because, and kind of like how you were describing Hoosiers. White Man Can't Jump is just a good buddy film. Like it, like 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 they're playing basketball, but it's a buddy film. It, like it, and and you know all of the little storylines are fun. The, all types of one liners, but uh, ultimately, it's probably it's probably my number one. I love he got game, but you know white man get a jump. Honestly, it's probably my number one. All right, all right. Well, okay. Are you satisfied now, Justin? Can I we am. let my man Jabari I go am. now? Enjoy the all rest right. of your Saturday, Jabari. Jabari, I appreciate you. Take care. Jabari Davis, NBA at, on Twitter. You can find him there. And the Dunks and Discourse podcast. We appreciate you, brother, for joining us today. Uh, before we let everybody go, we obviously we got to touch on some, some NFL. Uh, so NFL free agent or, yeah, free agency and, and trades and all this other stuff. It's kind of a, been a frenzy this week. What do you make of the San Francisco 49ers making a move to get the number three pick from the Dolphins? Um, I think they're full of shit when they say that Jimmy Garoppolo is the <laughs> their quarterback. Because, yes. Saul, you've seen this saga before. They get the new the, – with the Arizona Cardinals. They get the new head coach in Cliff Kingsbury. They have the number one pick in the draft. And then you have this Heisman Trophy winner – electric quarterback coming out of college and Kyler Murray. They have familiarity because Cliff Kingsbury recruited <laughs> Kyler yeah. Murray out of high school. So they've known each other ever since Kyler was 15, 16 years old. Yep. There's an established connection right there. But then Steve Kime comes out and says, Josh Rosen is our guy. And did he say, up, did he say Josh Rosen is our guy or Josh Rosen is the guy? He says Josh and this Rosen is, is our guy. This is where the play on words starts to come <laughs> in, and people start overanalyzing what did he really mean by this, and blah blah blah. Like, you know, you knew Josh Rosen was a dead man walking as soon as as soon as they got that number one pick, and the season was over, and Kyler Murray pretty much nixed his uh, his MLB deal. Like, you knew he was going to be a Cardinal. Like, there was just no debating that, and rightfully so. He was a much better player, and it's been proven over the last couple of years because Josh Rosen hasn't done anything since then. Um, but you know, to me, I feel like they're, they're setting themselves up for Wilson if he drops to number three. Um, but I don't know. And now if, if Wilson and Lawrence go one and two, that would mean the jets would take Wilson at number two or Lawrence, whoever the Jags don't take. Ooh, then, then, then it gets a little spicy there at number three, but you have, you know, the, the, the pick of the litter to choose from. Like look I at, know, look. but none of those other quarterbacks really do it for me, though. But you have – okay, but number three, 
you also have Justin Fields available as well. That's the from, other talk. I'm not a Justin Ohio Fields State. guy. I don't trust any Ohio State quarterbacks, to be honest. When was the last time Ohio State had a good quarterback come out of the draft? Joe Burrow, <laughs> technically. <laughs> he played at Ohio State. <laughs> move, move along. Move, move along. along. No, move you're, along. you're absolutely right. But I, I think with the – with the 49ers trading up to to get number three, to me, it just seems like they're trading up to get a quarterback. You, I mean, you don't trade up in the draft for that high of a pick unless you're getting a quarterback. No, yeah, absolutely. Totally agree with you. So, I, I honestly, I just don't see it any other way. I think the 49ers, they have their sights set on either Zach Wilson or Justin Fields. And I think both quarterbacks are great. I, I'm a little concerned about Zach Wilson simply because of it's BYU. They didn't really play anybody last year. And then the one time that they finally scheduled somebody who was worthy enough going to Coastal Carolina, they lost on the road. Uh, but, but Zach Wilson was for a little bit there in the driver's seat for the Heisman Trophy. And then things kind of you know fell off. And then yeah. Devontae Smith emerged a, as the Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, which really makes the Dolphins trading the picks because they originally went from three to 12 and they traded they went back to six they, and they went back to six after making some more trades. So I really think the Dolphins, what they pretty much said without saying anything is that Tua Tagovailoa is our guy. And then with the number six pick, we're either going to bolster our defense or we're going to get a wide receiver that Tua can throw to probably a guy he's familiar with and either Devontae Smith, the Heisman Trophy winner, or Jalen Waddell, you're going to get two insanely talented Alabama wide receivers. And you look at the the group of receivers that they've produced over the last couple of years. I mean, Alabama's turned into almost like a wide receiver factory. Um, and, that, and that goes all the way back to, you know, when Nick Saban first started there. But, I mean, what the Dolphins did with trading all the picks and, and then getting back to number six, I think they're focused on, on, on getting a wide receiver. But the 49ers saying, you know, Jimmy G is – is our quarterback similarly to what Steve Kimes said about Josh Rosen? I, I think they're full of crap, and then I think they're going to go for a quarterback. I totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. You know, we're going to have to look more into it as uh, as the weeks go by and find out what San Francisco really has up their sleeve. I feel like they have something up their sleeve, but nobody really knows. I, I assume it's going to be a quarterback, but we'll see. There's also been rumors out there that if if this Deshaun Watson stuff blows by, maybe they use the number three pick as leverage to get Deshaun Watson over to the 49ers. So there's a lot of things still at play here, a lot, a lot of stuff left to clean up. Uh, but yeah, oof, the NFL – the NFL is never uh, is never quiet. There's always something going on, uh, much like the NBA. Uh, speaking of investigative stuff, <laughs> uh, you have quite the interesting story to share. Uh, so why don't you go ahead? So uh, in, I wanted to create this segment called Investigative Reporting, but I couldn't think of a catchy title for it, uh, something that you and I need to do. Or maybe our listeners, feel free to, to shoot us a DM if you uh, – want to provide us a, a title of this segment. But, you know, us being journalists, Saul, sometimes you just got to do some investigative reporting. Sure. And on Twitter, a, a man by the name of Jensen Karp, um, who is uh, a screenwriter. I also think he's a comedian. Mm -hmm. I, I just know him, which was later revealed. He's the guy that's married to Topanga from Boy Meets World. 
Topanga from Boy Meets World, that was everyone's like first childhood crush. That was my first crush growing up. I I, I watched Boy Meets World simply for, for Topanga. Well, anyways, this guy, Jensen Cart, is married to Topanga. He posts on Twitter um, a box of Cinnamon Toast Crunch that he bought. But then there's two little shrimp tails in the mix, just two tails. And it's obvious, it's obviously shrimp tails. Like you can clearly tell that somebody was eating shrimp and dropped it in the mix or general mills is also pumping out shrimp that I didn't know uh, that they had. I don't, I didn't know that. I thought that they were just a cereal company, but he posted the shrimp tails on, on Twitter said, Hey, cinnamon toast crunch, you know, what's the deal? Well, general mills got back to him and said, those aren't shrimp tails. Those are just cinnamon sugar, just molded. And mm-hmm. it looks like shrimp tails. Sure, sure. But it's mm. clearly shrimp tails. Um, I wonder. And, that, that, and, that's and they said odd. it unlikely. And it said it unlikely happened at the General Mills factory. Uh, but we got to figure out what's what's going on with with shrimp tails and cereal. So that that's the that's the big thing that's kind of taken over Twitter over the last week. I feel like uh, you just want to use that as an excuse to find out what's going on with Topanga. But see, nobody even knew about Topanga being. But you do now, Justin, don't you? Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> there you but go. then, but then, <laughs> I feel like uh, Billy May is serving OxyClean. But wait, there's more. There's more. <laughs> Apparently, this guy is a complete jerk, um, and he's known for ripping people's ideas and claiming them as his own because he's a writer comedian so he takes a lot Mm. of content makes it as his own that's called plagiarism where i come from and you know what ever since then i'm like you know what jensen carb you called out cinnamon toast crunch and general mills but this shit backfired on you Carlos Mencia had that issue with uh, Joe Rogan and Joe Rogan called him out on that talking about how he was stealing other comedian stuff. So that's interesting. It's interesting that you found that out. Nice job, Justin, on, on finding out the, getting the scoop, if you will, on the serial story. Um, and so I, before we go, before we go, and you mentioned Topanga and, you know, a lot of us watch boy meets world back in the day. Uh, what are you watching on TV now? So I'm watching snowfall on hulu it's a fx show it's about the crack epidemic in los angeles during the early to mid 1980s it is just so interesting and fascinating you you watch the show it kind of gets slow but then the more the more you get into it i mean it gets real i just watched an episode last night where uh franklin the main character was in prison and he meets no he's actually in jail he's in la county jail and he sees a couple of guys that he ran with who are in jail but they're not friends anymore and there's a beef between the two franklin sees the other guy and is like oh crap and then they're all cool they're friendly they're buddies the guy's introducing him to his other uh jail guys and you think everything is cool right and then it cuts to when everybody is asleep and those guys went over to him mid-sleep, grabbed him by his head, put a sock in his mouth so he can't scream, and they just jumped him for something that happened uh, before they got mm-hmm. in jail. Yeah, I mean, that that show is is just so great. Uh, I highly recommend that you watch it. And and also another show that I actually just finished, I think you can actually relate to this, Saul. 
uh, Last Chance You, the newest season is a basketball season. Mm-hmm. So you're getting yeah. you're getting to see junior college basketball and what it's really like at uh, Eastern LA College. And it's also interesting as well because it takes you through all these players' stories. And you know, junior college prospects, a lot of them come from different backgrounds and a lot of them have different reasons why they ended up at at the junior college level. And then at the end, it gets into COVID-19 and how it affected college basketball in March. And I I think with you, Saul, you know, because you're a JUCO product as well, right? I am. Yeah. South Mountain Community College college back in the day. You play college ball. So you know all about it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, I I watched the first uh, two episodes um, was, well, I was really loving it. And first and foremost, you know, like a lot of those kids in those, in that situation, um, they had other offers and either academically or because of logistics or, or family issues or whatever, they had to cancel those offers. Um, and they went the JUCO route to try and make a better life for themselves. So it is, it is a fascinating doc. Uh, and I would highly recommend that. Uh, what I'm watching is right now, I've actually just uh, kind of recycled the old Big Bang Theory. Uh, I also did watch the Blockbuster documentary about the la- very last Blockbuster uh, that exists um, out in Oregon, in Bend, Oregon, if you haven't been out there. And uh, so that's been fun to watch. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Oh, also, uh, uh, Always Be My Maybe. If you haven't seen it on Netflix, hilarious. And with the whole uh, you know Asian hate crime stuff going around the country, we need to stop. Asian hate crimes and you need to stop the Asian hate because it's stupid and it's ridiculous. Um, the two stars of that show are of Asian descent and, uh, and it's a, a phenomenally funny movie. It's, it's just very well done. Keanu Reeves makes a guest appearance in that as well. Um, so uh, good stuff as always. So Justin, tell the people where they can find us. Total BS podcast. Another episode is in the books. Um, I can't, Thank Jabari Davis enough for joining this episode of the podcast from Dunks and Discourse, talking all things NBA. Make sure you check out their podcast because they do uh, some great things. But for Total BS Podcast, we're in season two right now, so we're going to get better guests. Well, I mean, nobody gets better than Jabari Davis. Let's be real here. Jabari is the real deal. But we had Freddie Coleman on last week. We're going to continue to book uh, guests that come from different backgrounds that could add different perspectives. So please ride with us, Total BS Podcast is something special and we hope you join us along for this journey but in order to join us for this journey you have to subscribe to total bs podcast on apple spotify google wherever you listen to podcasts we are everywhere and also be sure to check us out on youtube twitch and like us on twitter facebook and instagram the whole thing total bs podcast is everywhere Make sure you drop that five-star review until next time we appreciate you joining us for justin i'm saul We'll see you when we see you. Peace. Yo, your fans just might turn into our fans. Be cool, it's just a part of this program. Spit your best 16 if you must. You not whack, you just sound whack rapping.